0: Back to Cafe Penumbra, your cyber cafe where we exchange ideas about current events, hot topics, storytelling, plus all the things. Please do visit us and interact on our sister platform, the Cafe Penumbra Discord server. See the link in the show notes or at seraphimpenumbra.com. In today's discussion, a spotlight on Providence, we'll be taking a look at the city, a little bit of the history, livability, and a look at some of my favorite places and businesses. If people are interested, I would love for this to become a series where we discuss cities of note based on your input. Where do you live and what's great about it? It could go in a lot of different directions. We could set up a virtual interview here or have someone act as a foreign correspondent or a special correspondent. This way we can start a thread of conversation where we share stories about our favorite places. If you'd like to participate, jump into the Discord, or of course DMs and comments from your favorite social platforms are always welcome as well. Before we do jump in, I'd like to take a quick moment to discuss a comment that came in through regarding the Vision Quest episode, mentioning, I think I said this last time, mentioning that it probably should have been titled All About My Vision Quest, because it was really personal. And first of all, I want to thank you for your feedback. That is so valuable and welcomed. I do appreciate it. And I actually agree. I should have been more diligent about the titling because it really was a lot about my vision quest experiences. Uh, And I would like to take a quick moment to explain a little bit about the model and the process that we're using just to help describe um, how, how how we go about creating an episode. First, I select the topic and start some preliminary research to rough out a first draft of the show notes. Now, this isn't a script yet, uh, just literally the talking points. And then I post those notes in the Discord server, and that's where you all can take a look and weigh in, ask questions, um, something like, oh, are you going to include this particular angle of that or aspect of this issue that you're discussing, um, and that way we can use that uh, conversation to add a little bit more dimension to the episode itself because it will have been formed by forum rather than by one person. So uh, we use the comments uh, when drafting the script, not necessarily mentioning people by name. Of course, uh, you can post anonymously and have any kind of nickname if you are on Discord already. You can create a nickname special to this uh, platform, so that that's what we'll see when when you're uh, on the on the in the chat. Uh, I will say about that particular episode, there was an outline that included how I cultivated my infatuation with Vision Quest and references to the research that I had done. And to an extent, in order to round out the episode, I kind of dropped trow about my own experiences. And no regrets. It's it's not really my intention for the focus to be about me. I'm really looking forward to some of you reaching out to share your experiences and kind of like reactions to the episode. So this is great. This is the conversation that really excites me. And also, you know, the list of topics that we're using w- were brainstormed quite a while ago. And there are still most of those are up in the Discord server. But I just kind of generated a list of things that I wanted to talk about, things that I could talk about, things that I found interesting kind of to feel out what people want to talk about and shape and mold the, the content thusly. And it did absolutely occur to me that it may be incredibly personal or it may be your perspective that it really isn't something, I'm talking about specifically my sharing of my Vision Quest experiences, my kind of magical experiences. Some of you may think or um, opine that Maybe it isn't something to be discussing in a public forum, and I can hear that. And I'm also interested in creating space for people who may have never heard of what we're talking about, who may very much need to hear those stories. Um, and I can see that maybe we could have discussed it without being so personal. In any event, just a reminder that this is very experimental for me. I'm very much figuring out what I'm doing as I go along, Uh, And the doors are, of course, open to your discussion, to your feedback, questions, comments. I'm fully open to the evolution and better making along with your contribution. So again, I do thank you for your comments and feedback. I do love all the compliments that people send in. um, But of course, the feedback is really where the gold is because it gives me a little bit of perspective and it kind of shares your point of view. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your feedback. And uh, thanks for being here. And it must be time for the breakdowns. I think about the ways that we communicate verbally. Maybe I'm a little bit of a word nerd. Sometimes I literally research the origins of words and expressions that we use, especially when they don't seem to make sense, like these idiomatic expressions. And here's my question. Why do people say, you have to take the good with the bad? That can't possibly be what the sentiment is supposed to be. It seems to be saying, everything is bad. Every once in a while something good happens and you just roll with it. And I can see how, especially the last couple of years, that may be a common perspective. And I do think that you have to take the bad with the good. (laughs) Or when people say, I could care less. Really? Because if that's the case, what you're saying is that you care some. And I don't think that that's what you're trying to express. I don't know. This one really confuses me. Let's say just to provide a context. Let's say that I'm in your kitchen and you're talking me through you're talking me through how you make a gravy and you you know like biscuits and gravy. I love biscuits and gravy. And you say, "Now you can't have too much black pepper." Does that mean no amount of black pepper is too great? Or does that mean be very careful you don't put too much black pepper? because that would be a bad thing. So these are two very different messages, and it's just confusing. It's these nuances to the way that we communicate that make me mental. It's very imprecise at times. Maybe it's the Pisces in me, I don't know. Uh, Worthy of mention, one of my very common pet peeves used to be when people say, that's a whole nother story, because you're splitting up the word another into a and another, and inserting the word whole into the middle of it. And that's not how it works. However, the English dictionary has been updated and the word apostrophe another has been included as an abbreviation of the word another for all you lazy people who are bothered by that whole extra letter. And thanks to that innovation, you can also now say, I literally died. And technically, you'd be using it correctly. That said, I love to make up words all the time. And at the end of the day, the important thing is, are you conveying your intended idea? what are some phrases people say all the time that make no sense i want to hear from you i have had a lifelong relationship with the city of providence we hung out in cafes here before we were old enough to get into the bars and clubs i've lived in providence several times over the years once in the 90s when our two-bedroom apartment on smith hill was 350 dollars a month and we would host salons for our friends from AS220's Pork chop Lounge and from Rhode Island College and people that we met along the way. And when I left the Bay Area in 2013, what I really wanted to do was to go back to New York. But I couldn't find housing and um, really couldn't afford to endure that process because I know from experience it can be tenuous at best. So um, that's how I ended up here again. Providence is the capital of Rhode Island, although many people confuse it with Provincetown Mass or P-Town and vice versa, and was founded by Roger Williams, who was convicted of sedition and heresy for his advocacy of separation of church and state and for his condemnation of colonists' confiscation of land from the natives. This is my kind of rebel for sure. As a young person, my family lived about 20 miles east of Providence in Massachusetts and that might seem very strange to you if you're not familiar with the local geography, um, because it's pretty much coastal, but in fact Rhode Island exists in what could be considered the armpit if Massachusetts Cape Cod were the arm, if that makes sense. And so, yes, um, Massachusetts where I grew up was East of here almost directly by about 20 miles. And, uh, There was a bus that we could take when we were in high school. I think it was $2, and it would bring you from the center of Taunton to the center of Providence for $2, which I thought was a bargain. And from there, we would hike up College Hill and over to Thayer Street, where Alston Beat was. And in those days, Hot Topic didn't exist. And if you really wanted to get a pair of Doc Martens, that was one of the only places we knew of where you could go. But also, we enjoyed people watching. There was a contingent of Mohawks and multicolored hair and facial piercings and tattoos. And for a time, that was a reliable way of connecting with like-minded individuals. Uh, That did change quite a bit when the street itself became a little bit more commercial. There's an urban outfitter there now and just isn't quite hitting the same as it used to back in the 90s. But I guess nothing does. As we got older, we hung out at Club Babyhead, which is long gone, but has been replaced by Ego, which is the biggest gay nightclub, club club, in uh, in town. When Generation X, the not ironically named gay club, opened on the promenade, that became the new hub of our city explorations. In those days, downtown Providence, we avoided pretty much at all costs, A lot of the streets were blockaded by concrete, uh, I think they're called Jersey barriers, to obviously prevent cars. But there really wasn't any place that you'd want to drive to anyway. And all along the river, a dilapidated rail yard was a rampant breeding ground for the city's seedy underbelly. But that was all about to change as the Providence Place Mall was built and an urban redevelopment project began transforming the downtown into a thriving cultural district with booming restaurant, art, and music scenes. The old railway became what is now known as Riverwalk Park. Back in the 90s, the Pride Parade rally actually ended up at the State House, which we thought was hilarious because it was also noted to be an after-dark cruising ground for the homosexuals. Providence is said to be built on seven hills, but I have never met anyone who knows all the hills. Most prominent, or at least the ones that I'm aware of, are College Hill. And of course, Providence is noted as a college town home to Brown, RISD, PC, Rhode Island College, and Johnson and Wales University. College Hill partly being synonymous with the neighborhood known as the East Side. And then, of course, you may have heard of Federal Hill, which enjoyed a reputation in the 80s and 90s for being a destination for the finest Italian restaurants. There's Fruit Hill, closer to North Providence, which is where Rhode Island College is located. Downtown, South Side. I don't know what the rest of the hills are. I'm not sure exactly when the rents caught up with the rest of the world, but even when I was living in New York, you could still get a one-bedroom in Providence for five or $600. Walkability is an odd thing to score, I think, because there are so many variables. For example, as I said, a good portion of the population consists of students, in which case I would give a high walkability score because most of the campuses are centralized and there are plenty of electric bikes and scooters available by app pretty much everywhere you look. However, if I relied on public transit to do my errands and grocery shopping, well, I'd probably never get anything else done. There are also zip cars or car apps, car share apps like Toro that you can take advantage of if you want to schedule, say, an afternoon to do your errands and therefore minimize your carbon footprint. And of course, you can bike old school. But do remember the hills, they aren't really San Francisco scaled, but some of them are tricky on foot, especially if you're in six inch pumps. The urban redevelopment project I'm speaking of converted the abandoned dilapidated railway yard into what we now know as Waterplace Park, which is a stunning improvement, and unites the kind of Dickens-era cobblestone and streetlamp aesthetic of the east side. This massive project literally rerouted the river, I mean literally, literally, uh, in an attempt to improve the flow of traffic in the area, and a promenade along the river that so emulates a canal I'm surprised there aren't gondola rides. Maybe there are. I don't really go down there that much, but it is beautiful. Submerged in the water itself are a series of gas lamps that come to life multiple times during the peak tourism season, complete with food concessions and fire dancers, of course. It is quite a marvel, but most of the townies I know avoid it because it is pretty touristy and it makes a lot of revolting traffic and parking issues downtown. Providence does love its block parties and has multiple perfect venues for it. I'd recommend parking at the outskirts and hiking in or Ubering from outside Melee. One of my favorite historic places to visit used to be Fellini's on Wickenden Street, which is still standing. And they have a great thin crust pizza. In the days when I was in college, we just hung out there for hours playing cards, chain smoking, drinking coffee, making friends, talking to old friends. And I think we especially liked it because they were open until two or three in the morning, like Spiritus in Provincetown, if you're familiar with it. In the 90s, when we were hanging out there, it was kind of divided into two distinct sides. Uh, And you could go in one door and kind of directly into the cafe area. Uh, And there were just nooks and crannies where you could sit. And I think people crave spaces like that where there are nooks and crannies over the wide open spaces that seem to be the modern aesthetic and there was a little walkway to get over to the pizza side or you could walk in a separate entrance and since they've renovated it's kind of one big open space which is really nice although not quite so inviting to the cafe culture that used to be and probably it's better for business now. The pizza is still really good um, although I'm more likely to to take a pie home than sit down and share it with friends like we used to back in the day. One of my favorite places to brag on is Gracie's, a top-notch restaurant on Washington Street downtown. Um, Gracie's is a brilliant restaurant, probably best for a special occasion because it can be a little bit on the spendy side depending on how you dine, but very well worth it. The place is absolutely beautiful, the bar is set to stun, and I actually trained there for a minute, and when I tell you the kitchen was the most clean, immaculate kitchen I have seen during the middle of service, it was just, like, very impressive. They make everything from scratch, of course, and if you didn't think that a sweet pea tendril sorbet would make your mouth water, you'd be in for a surprise. Gracie's has a sister venue as well, a vegan bakery. Uh, and the way that I understand it, there's a rooftop garden at the uh, at the bakery that produces herbs and produce for both establishments. not exclusively, uh, but that is pretty amazing. It kind of reminds me back to that uh, Urban homesteading or urban stewardship concept that we talked about in a previous episode. Also, their dinnerware is, Gorgeous and stylish, very weighty, um, probably not so fun for the service staff to carry around, but um, is made by a company by the Little Clay Studio that employs individuals with disabilities and provides art classes while producing pottery for retail and restaurants. And I just think that is such a progressive model, so I'm happy to recommend uh, dining at Gracie's whenever you're in town. It is not to be missed. Next on the list is AS220, AS220 is a nonprofit community arts organization here in Providence that provides affordable access to galleries, performance venues, educational opportunities, residential spaces, and work studios. One of our friends used to um, live in one of the live work spaces there, which was subsidized, and it afforded him a place to have to live affordably and also have access to creative workspace. And that was over 20 years ago, and I was very impressed by it then. It's still there. I'm all the more impressed because that wasn't a thing that I had heard of anywhere in those days. I think they're cropping up and society is catching up to the importance of uh, these organizations. And, of course, the steadfast individuals who work tirelessly to make it function um, make it really a special place. When, when I was, as I said earlier, when I lived on Smith Hill in the nineties, we used to go to pork chop lounge, which was a sketch comedy show and it was hilarious. And, uh, so lots to take advantage of there. I just love it. I think it's a brilliant model. And, uh, I especially want to hear from you. If you have something like AS220 where you live, uh, please let us know. I'd love to, um, shed a light on that, um, to let people know about things around the country that are and beyond, um, that are of note to visit. My favorite, favorite trailer park restaurant in all the land is, of course, on West 23rd in New York. But I was beyond when I discovered Ogie's Trailer Park on Westminster here in Providence. I hope I'm saying it correctly. I've never actually figured out how you say it because we just call it the trailer park. Totally apples and oranges, two very different venues, of course. Very excellent I do love trailer park-themed anything, uh, especially 60s and 70s nostalgia. 50s also, but less so. And I'm sure you've heard me say this before, but as a young child, my family lived in a double-wide in Sioux City, Iowa, in what we called a trailer court. And I always joke, we were trailer trash before Jerry Springer and Walmart put that on the map, so we were ahead of the trend on that one. Ogie's has a few vintage camping trailers outside in their parking lot, kind of a Trailer Park chic tiki bar outside, complete with a beautiful fire pit and vibes for days. And inside is a luxe mashup of 60s and 70s nostalgia. The food, okay, I am a tater tot enthusiast, of course, um, and they have tater tots, but next level. And some lovely burgers and sandies serving up next level bar food on a well-curated but simple menu with specials and quality ingredients. For a place that is unbelievably hip, there's never any kind of attitude or negative vibes. The service is prompt and polite, and all of those are reason enough to patronize this establishment, but don't order yet, there's more. For a very visibly, obviously gender non-conforming individual such as myself, who has been there after shows, uh, on dates, with groups of friends, no one has ever batted an eyelash at me. Some people have been more friendly than others. Sometimes they come up and want to say hello or give me a compliment. And I have never one time ever been made to feel other, unwelcome, or uncomfortable, which is extremely rare experience. I have just never not felt perfectly welcome there, and I will always go back because of that. There are also plenty of other great places here as well. This isn't meant to be a complete list. And of course, we can always revisit um, with your suggestions and contributions. I do want to give a couple of honorable mentions. One is Prospect Terrace Park, which by itself isn't much of a marvel, though it is noted that Lovecraft used to frequent the park. It is host to a 15-foot tall granite statue of Roger Williams, overlooking the most breathtaking view of the city. William's remains are in a tomb directly beneath the statue perched at the very edge of a cliff overlooking the city. Today's show has not been sponsored. As always, let's keep the conversation alive. And remember, it's only a conversation when ideas are exchanged. Please take advantage of our community platform Discord server. And if you're interested in a way to support this show, you can buy me a coffee or get yourself some retail therapy in our shop that is so fabulous it has two Ps. Next time, Ask Me Anything Fact Show. We're doing the off-requested Frequently Asked Questions show where I'll be answering your questions as well as questions that I literally get asked most frequently. If you have a question you'd like asked in the podcast, please find me in the Discord or at any of my socials. Thank you for stopping by Cafe Penumbra. I'm your host, Serafim Penumbra, wishing you a jolly new now. What you have just witnessed was recreated from actual events as they happened live for the very first time. Today's programming has been brought to you in part by the letter 7 and the number blue. Café Penumbra is produced by PLC Media Lab.